Do you want to throw in the ball? Get started, yeah. Yeah. Uh, hello and welcome to episode twenty-four of Paper Tuesdays with Meyer, uh, Michael Dwyer, and Mark Alvin. I tried to merge our names into one there. Sorry. <laughs> What's the crack, Mark? Ah, uh, sure. You know yourself, Michael. A bit of conditioning, shampoo, and other than that, not a whole lot. Now yourself. Oh, sure. Look, I'm on a buzz from uh, James Flood making turnips. You can uh, check that out on the Instagram, of course, at Paper Tuesdays. Uh, we've so much to discuss in this uh, podcast, and we're joined by none other than the bandwagons. It's Breed Brown. It's a real oh, honour to have woo. Breed. Breed has many accolades in her own right, but the old Irish thing, she's also a first cousin of Conor Moore. You know the Moore, the father's <laughs> a postman and the mother, I don't know what the mother does, but yeah. That's it. Um, so yeah, what's the crack, Breed? Not much now. I feel a bit underdressed. I love the shirts. <laughs> this is work attire, but this is going out. He even has yeah. aftershave on for you. Yeah, I wore aftershave. I'll pretend like I can smell it. Yeah. What are you wearing, Mark? Uh, as in clothes or scent? Uh, scent. Uh, Sauvage by Ooh. Christian Dior. Oh. It's been a staple. <laughs> go hard or go home when you're in Barrog. Yeah. <laughs> very good, very good. Breed, uh, What's it like to be on another podcast? Do you do many podcasts or, well, obviously your own, but... I was actually so nervous to do this for two reasons, because I usually don't do anything without Fanula, my co-host. So Mm. I'd like, I'd never do another podcast without her. And then also I don't really do things in, like when I do my podcast in Dublin, I feel like people don't know who I am but you know, it's like exclusively gory people who if they don't know me they know one of my siblings or one of my first cousins and it's I have to watch what I'm saying there yeah but one of the great qualities of your podcast is you know breed equals Wexford you know everything is I breed you're just going off on that because just because we're Wexford Loftus Hall or whatever I've been only listening to a few episodes but like I love how I didn't even know you said that Elvis Presley has roots in Wexford no, oh, yeah, and Bunclody. I never knew that. My Maybe gosh, I made that up, no. though. I, I know, I, hold I, on to it, hold on to it. <laughs> I, I think that's great. <laughs> I have, my brain has a way of just, like, exaggerating things and kind of, like, merging different stories together, so <laughs> I wouldn't, like, hold me to it, but I'm pretty sure he has, like, some sort of distant cousins from Bunclody. That's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> Deadly. I can't back it up at all. <laughs> well, that'll do i say Bunkrody could have got Parish of the Week just from that uh, uh, title alone but I'm going to give you another Parish of the Week guys and this comes from the village named Lamplug in West Cumbria England uh, yeah I know it might not be too popular picking an English Parish of the Week but let's go with it anyway you might be interested in the fact that this small village is located on the main A5086 road from Cockermouth to Egermont I don't make up these uh, <laughs> names and uh, that road runs north south through the community and you can picture this sleepy little village in West Cumbria and this developer came along named James John Swift and he planned to build 26 houses in the village and to keep the locals on site he initially planned on donating one of the homes to serve as the new community centre however didn't the developer renege on the offer and he offered a meagre donation of £35,000 instead well the locals kicked up a fuss. It's an absolute insult, said one. He wished to remain anonymous. John Swift has come here with plans to build a monstrosity right in the middle of the village and all he can offer is a mere 35,000. It's a real slap in the face for us all. (laughs) What I love, uh, why this uh, little village has one parish of the week is because 
I love the response from the developer. If this argument goes on for much longer, I just have to build the community center and hope everyone can see the benefit to it. It's just a really difficult and complicated situation. What a story. What do you think, guys? <laughs> yeah, they don't call him John Swift for nothing, do they? He builds the whole yoke after promising the thing and then he won't deliver on it. <laughs> but he says, ah, I might if they don't shut up. Yeah, if they don't shut up. Yeah, I'll just fork out something that would then cost 10 times more of what I'm willing to offer. It's it's one way to handle compromise, all right? Yeah. If, he's if an they ideas don't show man. Up, he's a what? An ideas man. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you make, Capri? Do, do they deserve the accolade of Parish of the Week? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know why, but I feel like if you've picked it, Michael... There must be some. Yeah, that's the thing about this podcast. It's it's more like, yeah, Michael, if you if you pick that article and you think it's worth it, go for it. Go on, go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, man. (laughs) (laughs) So there they are, the parish of the week, Lamplug in West Cumbria. Now you're probably looking at the articles and wondering where on earth is he going with these ones. The first one up here is Westlife and Irish Times breed. I to be honest. I, I do this in some interviews, but this is what I did with yours. I went through your Instagram feed and there was one of your mother and yourself in Crow Park at a Westside concert. Yeah. So that's how I, was, I was wondering how you did your research on it. Yeah. This is very on the nose for me. Um, Are you a big Westside fan? Oh, yeah. We were reared on Westlife. Yeah. Like even that, that, that was the whole thing about bringing my mom to see them in Crow Park. Like from when we were really small, used to go on holidays to Donegal and like we'd only have four channels or whatever. So we used to have talent competitions to see who could lip sync Westlife the best between Ooh. me and Kenneth. And uh, he always won because he was a big drama queen. But uh, we have videos <laughs> of those like, um, yeah, Westlife is still something that I would play probably once a day now. Really? It's not the coolest thing. Yeah, no, I just, I don't know. I just really love the music. Oh. I don't really have much of a fascination for the people in it. It's just the the first two albums are, they've never been like paralleled, I don't think. Do you have the same affinity, Mark? No, but when I you sent in these articles and the ones we're going to do and Westlife were in it, I did go on a bit of a binge of oh. like uh, Seasons in the Sun, yeah. Pop, Pop Baby, ones like that, and it's all brought back memories because oh. I only really would have remembered Westlife from either, they don't have film with Dustin. Do you remember that? And Louis, <laughs> no. Walsh, Louis Walsh was in it. It was like you're a star <laughs> or one of those and there was auditions and all and Dustin was, I can't remember the exact team, but... Westlife and Dustin and Louis Walsh were in it and that's why I always correlate Westlife with Dustin the Turkey. Yeah. And also Brian McFadden was in I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here, wasn't he? Probably, yeah. He was. And oh no, Keen was definitely. Keen was won Keen? it. Who, yeah. Who was the one who went out with Kerry Gatona? That was Brian. That was Brian. Yeah, I think he was in it as well. And then he was going to fight ISIS by himself. <laughs> Didn't he announce that over Twitter? Like, asked him out Probably. to fight. A fist fight. He yeah. invited him. Well... You said you just like their music. Well, these these fans in Africa, well, they love their personality as well. There are some gas stories in, gathered in this Irish Times article on the Westlife uh, boys. Quite famous with the likes of Uganda's Felix Latulo selling copies of their DVD for 2,000 Ugandan shillings. That's the equivalent of 47 cents. That just shows how famous these guys are in Africa. Congolese journalist uh, says her favourite band member was was Brian McFadden pointing to his singing style which contains charisma and he's not too aggressive what a lovely description <laughs> charismatic we can all strive to be not too aggressive yeah yeah <laughs> 
Um, they've only ever played in South Africa, but there's a whole continent out there for them to explore. One Nigerian recommends that Westlife pays a visit there now, as there's a generation of wealthy fans there. Some Nigerians have bought Westlife lyric books to woo women, with one psychologist describing how it was necessary for them to understand Westlife's slang and accents. Isn't that fascinating? That's class. <laughs> just those key changes. They just like transcend borders. Yeah. <laughs> just like some, tri- Very cool. some tribe in the Congo worshipping Keen Egan. Like <laughs> chanting Bop Bop Baby around the fire. I've heard about people as well like travelling Asia and you go into some like bar somewhere and Westlife is always like they're huge in China and stuff yeah. like that. Jenny. What? Um, Bigger I- than they are here. Yeah, a Ugandan man says that their songs teach people the difference between good and bad and they educate people. He even goes so far as to say that their music can change your life. And just like you say, Breed, Nikki Byrne has even heard that their name, Westlife, has influenced the names of barbers and cafes in remote Africa. So there you are now. Fair play to them. Yeah. Wonderful. Not easy done. Wonderful. Yeah, it's a positive story to open our trio of articles here. Um... Did you enjoy the conference with your mother? Yeah. Yeah, I loved yeah. it. And my mom, we were kind of polar opposites, whereas I go to every concert, no matter who it is, whether I like them or not. My mom was like terrified to go to Dublin to go to a concert. Like she was <laughs> trying to get me to bring someone else, but she loved it. I think we were both bawling and crying at one point. Like yeah. it was just, it was a really good night. Yeah. You have a great love of music, Breed. Like uh, the yoke that you have on your Instagram beats, Banner, it the uh, thing with the yoke. What, what do you even call <laughs> the it? The melodica. <laughs> the melodica, yeah. And the thing that. The <laughs> great description. <laughs> the thing with the yoke. And the thing is just unbelievable. Yeah, we have a, a quite a collection of instruments in my family home. And then when first lockdown came, I'm in Dublin and I was locked down in Dublin since March so I had no instruments up here and that was kind of like one of the things I always used to go home to do was to just like get a go at the piano or whatever like um, so I started just to buy little instruments up here but I didn't want to invest too much because I'm only <laughs> in a tiny little room mm. so I bought a slide whistle a yeah. tin whistle um, uh, and a saxonet which is actually <laughs> way harder to play than it sounds yeah you get some brilliant but, uh, requests though you, you know people keep you on your toes I love it yeah, people like to try catch me out and request like yeah. rap songs and I'm like, <laughs> I just won't do it. <laughs> Here, another part of your life is Irish. You studied Irish in DCU as, along with uh, journalism. And this is an Irish story from the Belfast Telegraph. City Council Committee backs new bilingual street signs policy. So the City Council will now vote on the recommendation that 15% of a street's residents must consent to having a second sign in Irish being erected on their street. So that's down from the previous policy of two thirds. Now, this is big news as this street sign language policy would have uh, dictated uh, many uh, council meetings down through the years and now this is a big change coming from this subcommittee naturally the DUP opposed the successful recommendation and there were a few proposals from interested parties that had to be trashed out I was particularly taken by the comment from Alliance Party Group leader Michael Long who described the long-standing wrangling over this issue as frustrating for him as a Gwilgore he expressed a hope that the council would reduce policy barriers, barriers conscious of legal and financial complications and a lovely little quote as well until today 
today we have not had that it sounds like you know Martin Luther King style overcoming uh, segregation this type of yeah I'm re- I'm with Michael Long anyway so fair play to them and it's actually going to be a pricey enough thing I think it could cost up to three million pounds for a sign in Irish mm. so there you are now what country did this happen in? <laughs> Northern Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland. Yeah. Northern Ireland. So when they call it West England, then they can have their awful English signs. <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. That's my second uh, anti-English rant on this podcast. Man. Yeah, I'm we've got in trouble. Actually, I spotted once on your podcast, Breed, you were able to say, I think you were talking about Americans, and then you went, oh no, some Americans. I like that. So we're going You have to be some. careful. Yeah, yeah. Some. You never yeah, know where you never know who's going to listen, especially with like podcasts, because they're yeah. up there forever. Podcasts yeah. and Westlife, it's all the same. I'll yeah, you never yeah. know where your fan base is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some of that shower of bastards. <laughs> <laughs> no, there you are. Breed, you must have always been drawn to the Irish language, like to have studied it in college. I I wasn't actually. I well, I was from probably the age of fourteen. Um, I went to started going to the Gaelic talks and just loved it loved the crack loved the social aspect of it um and just kept going back and then I ended up working there and um yeah Irish was the thing I was good at in school it's what I was known for in school so kind of just made sense to study it then but uh I don't really use it much now I feel really bad because my one of my housemates is fluent as well and we never speak it so we were Mm. trying to incorporate it more into our daily chats yeah you're good at Irish uh, as well right I like it I'd be intermediate if I was going to put a Category Did you ever go to the Gale Talks? Yeah, I went to two Gale Talks. One with one with uh, Girl Cullen. Uh, we had right crack there in Clashe Don and Connemara. Uh, yeah, that was full of memories and shifting. <laughs> <laughs> I was book along. Oh no, I was third place for book along course courses. So oh, oh. just missed it. <laughs> yeah, and then I went to Bruna Park in Killarney. Have you ever heard of that? No. Oh, that's intensive. There's that's a woman Irish. there and she put the fear of God into you. I tell you, if we're ever called to go to war, there's a woman down there that the army will go to and they'll say, <laughs> we need you. We need you. Come, come, please. She, she'd put the living, she'd scare the living daylights out of you. Yeah. yeah. She's yeah. the vanity. No, no, she runs the, it's not a normal grill talk now. She's kind of, you know, everything is notes. There's no crack. There's no Kayleys. It's all notes and in learning. And yeah. It's hard to learn Irish that way, though. Yeah, it is. But uh, you kind of have, have to... be thrown into a disco and be told to speak it. Like. <laughs> Get your shift, but only through Irish. Yeah. You know? That's how you learn it. That's, that's <laughs> it, Reed. More of that. Yeah, yeah. How do, you, how do you say, get off me in Irish? <laughs> 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 oh, There's actually a great show on uh, the TG Car player if it exists, if not if it's not the RT player, and it's just called Ban on T, and it's from the early 2000s, and it's just following like these teenagers going to the Girl Talk for the first time. It's very very funny. We we binged it there a couple of weeks ago, me and Michal, and you get some good laughs out of it. Yeah, <laughs> it You're is all through Irish, so that's the catch. <laughs> You're still very close with your siblings, obviously, but like they're they're they are pretty great. Do you want to give them a shout out or? Yeah, Hilda will actually kill me if I yeah. don't. She's been texting me all day, like what time, what time I'm gonna text you so you give me a shout out. <laughs> so there's four of us. There's Kenneth. Mm. Um, he's more gory than me. Me and Miha went to Carnew, and then Hilda went to Gory, and then Quiva is only eleven. So yeah, she's a doll. Yeah, yeah, she's gas. Yeah, <laughs> but the best me- out of all of us. 
<laughs> but tell me the gory car new thing what like i know your mother works there but like was that a thing growing up like you know you're from Wexford, but you're going to school in car new tell us about that your experience yeah so i actually was really jealous of everyone that got to go to gory but i went to loretto as a as a young one mm. and you can ask anyone that was in our year it was just a very catty year i don't know maybe because it was all girls right um, maybe Loretto's always like that when you come like 12 years of age people just hormones there's a lot mm. of fighting and my mom was like you can't just carry on with the same group because it's only going to carry on into secondary school right so she thought it'd be easier and she was starting and carrying you the same year yeah she thought it'd be easier just to pull me out and start me fresh and mm. in, in carrying you um but yeah like up until sixth year every year I used to fight I was like please send me to Gory please send me to Gory <laughs> But it's such a it's a much bigger school as well, so it's a totally different experience. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, see, we can't compare because we didn't go to Carnew. No. Yeah. So how do we know what it's like on the other side? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm only comparing it to like Hilda. What with the experience Hilda was having, it's just it's totally like a towny thing and a culture thing. Carnew mm. is such a culture school. Yeah. It was all farmers, like it mm. was like ninety percent farmers, <laughs> and just it was weird, but it was nice. I had a good time. Yeah. Yeah. That's the main thing. And that's the main thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Here, the other side of what you did in DCU, uh, Irish and TV production, and I'm calling on that expertise for our last article that comes from Vulture.com. Sitcom mirrored and shaped your idea of New York. And for some reason, I was drawn in by that headline. And so this is a pretty dense article. It's extracted from a book on New York, and it charts how TV sitcoms have... Uh, established the same impression of New York starting with a 1947 show called Mary Kay and Johnny and then spin-off sitcoms of that style included uh, Seinfeld and Friends uh, have you watched Seinfeld? no have you watched it? not yet it's on my list oh please get it's it on, on your list a few of them are it's on some player at the minute I, I think it's like all four maybe it's somewhere you right. can watch it somewhere all for yeah. free but I just haven't done it yet yeah it's it's a great easy watch. My parents nor be into it. I just uh, it's the theme music as well, and uh, bum 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 bum. That'd be a good one for your musical instrument yokes, Bree. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Watch, look that You'll up. Have to request it next yeah. time. Yeah, I will. I will. That's the only way to do it. <laughs> what is your Instagram actually for people? That are, it's Breed Boo. Breed Boo. Cool. Cool. Um, so as Jerry Seinfeld himself said, in New York you can do nothing and it's very entertaining, and that's largely because of the people and the characters, and then the more modern version was labelled as Sex in the City. So, uh, Breed, you've obviously studied this, but you've also consumed this. Do you agree or do you think it's coincidental? I'm, um, what, what, do you, what do you think? Does TV create a picture of us of what a place is like or does it simply capture it and, you know, if you went there, you'd find it the same? It's hard to tell. I like I I know people that have gone to New York and like gone and sought out like the friends apartment block. That's not like obviously it's just a building from the outside. It's not the real apartment building, obviously, mm. um, just to take pictures of it. Like and I don't know, like that's obviously not the real New York experience. And if you live there, it's probably totally different. I know people have said Sex and City is like not representative of what it would be like to live in New York as a journalist right. on a single income yeah. It's a total like fantasy, but that's what telly is like. It's all fantasy. Yeah, yeah. You've worked in TV production and all. How have you found it? Are you still working in it? I yeah, kind of on and off. I'm doing more of the podcast stuff now, but I was working full time up until this time last year, and then I got let go, 
Um, so I've been trying to freelance since then, but it's obviously tough with COVID. So I was on Supergarden um, up until March and then COVID hit and Teddy kind of st- stood still for a while. Yeah. So I came back a couple of weeks ago and I was on working on First Dates, um, oh, right. the new season of First Dates. So okay. that was good. So what's your role? I, are you a producer or are you matching yeah, them together? It's No, it's uh, production. So it kind of varies from job to job. So on like Supergarden, I was junior production manager which is like literally budgets and paperwork and it's an office job. But then mm. first dates, I was a room supervisor, which was class. It was like hyping people up to go on dates. So you had the, <laughs> the daters in your room, which is what I do in my house anyway for my housemates. It's like <laughs> the dream job. So you're just meeting the daters and calming them down and making sure they were ready. Mm. And yeah, it was really good fun. But it, you kind of, all the roles vary. You're always kind of a runner at some, like in every job, you have to be prepared to do like clean clean up at the end of the day and kind of do the like get lunches for people um all that kind of stuff but uh yeah he yeah. can jump jump up then you're right yeah i think uh ryan tuberty said a quote years ago and it's always stood with me making tea makes progress i love that one uh yeah i know that's for someone further down the wrong but you know you have to put in the, the yeah definitely the chores I, to my- get there yeah, I lived with a camerawoman on Fair City for a, a little while as well. And uh, when I was just starting out and the advice she gave me was be nice to everyone on the way up because you'll meet them all again on the way back down. Oh. And in telly, like it's always up and down. Mm. You're like running the show on in one company and then you're like making coffee for someone on the next. So you and you it's the same group of people mm. nearly every time. So you do just have to be really nice and willing. Yeah. Willing to do it all. Say when you had the podcast, uh, started up bandwagons and you had a chat with your mate Fanula. What, why did you think you had something to offer in the podcast? What, but thinking back to when you started it up. Yeah, so it's nearly, it's coming up on two years now, next month. Um, and me and Fanula have been like best friends since we started college. We met like a couple of weeks into DCU um, and we've been best friends probably seven years now. But we're just we just have a funny sense of humor that's like the same the same kind of chemistry that you would have to do this. It's like it takes a special kind of like relationship to be able to bounce off each other and make other people laugh. Mm. And she's the only person I can really do that with and be confident to like stand up on a stage and do that with. She's yeah. the funniest person I know. Oh. Um, and we had actually we had friends had always said to us, God, you are just like you find each other so funny. And we had gone, she actually won us a trip to Disneyland in Paris, um, probably two, two years ago now in September. Uh, so we went and we just Instagrammed the whole thing and we were kind of half drunk the whole time, just giddy, <laughs> giddy on like childhood spirit the whole time. Um, and people were writing to us being like, these stories are really funny. Like, I, God, I wish I had a friend like that or like you, you just like really hop off each other. So that was like kind of what kickstarted it. And I was like, there's something here that we can we can make something of. Wow. Right. So you spotted the the gap. Yeah. Well, Fanula at the time, Fanula wasn't famous. So uh, I had always since I met her, I was like, she's going to be like, she just has a kind of star quality for lack of a better term. But I always thought she was going to be famous. And then I obviously always wanted to be like her right hand man (laughs) Um, and like help her get there. But we were. Yeah, I was just like, if I'm going to do it with anyone, it's going to be with her because she just has a way with words and a way with humour um, that a lot of people just don't have. Um, 
so I spotted it in her and then I suppose I don't like I'm not really speaking very highly of myself I suppose it does take two like to make it what it is so well, Breed, obviously bringing seeing, something to it yeah in seeing those qualities in her you you've also seen them in yourself like you know it's a yeah. it's a very yeah you click very well on the podcast and what I I love is that even the term bandwagons like you must be delighted that you jumped on that you know like it's a it's yeah. a great model uh for a podcast yeah we got lucky we keep we fight to this day over who came up with the name because both of us thought it was each other but uh yeah we came up someone had said to us if you're going to start a podcast make sure you can plan out the first 10 episodes in your head or even write them down before you even record one thing. And if you can make that, if you can like come up with that many decent episodes, you have a good idea and you'll make it go longer. So mm. we did that because I really am really into true crime and I had really wanted to do a true crime podcast because they were the thing to have like two years ago and yeah. everyone was listening to them. But Fanula was like, I'm not doing that. Like, I don't want to sit down and talk about murder. Like, I just have no interest. <laughs> she, and she's like a pop culture gal. So mm. we kind of thought this idea can run for years and we can literally do anything with it. So we are we got lucky. We we chose a good one. Yeah, but you're able to spot it and ma- maintain relevance, you know, like uh, I just it, it's brilliant. Like even the fact that one of your early ones that I dipped into was Irish people going to Amsterdam. And like yeah. when I saw that, I was like, oh, my gosh, they, they've that, they, that's it. Like they've spotted something that has happened. Like and you don't really hear many people saying, oh, that's the, the done thing. Or, but it is like, you know, and yeah. that's, and it, no harm in it. But you, yeah. you kind of jump on it and jump with it. And it was like at that time we put it out, it was like the summer for people going to Amsterdam. I don't know why. Or maybe it was just on my Instagram feed. But every second person was standing on a bridge by a bicycle in Amsterdam. And we just wanted to go. So, so yeah, we kind of just jumped on it. But that, yeah, our her whole tagline before we even came up with it was talking about things that other people are talking about. Mm. And I think it's so vague that we can literally <laughs> do whatever we want and people can never pull us up on it. Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. And like your most latest episode there on Spooky Stories, that is unbelievable. Like just to have so many people send in their bits of bobs and then you collect them like you're the modern day Joe Duffy, only you have a bit more <laughs> flair, you know, like I wish. Sorry. Careful, careful now. He's listening to Joe Duffy today and he was great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Whatever bad word said about Joe. Uh, this might be a good time to what well, on papers, don't they have a clarification section? Mark, you commended Pat Kenny a few weeks ago and you'd like to withdraw that. Wasn't that right? Uh, no, I was a bit... You'd like to condition I was, it? I was or? out of order there now and saying what I said to you that I wanted to take back what I said about Pat. But like, oh, right. He okay. was going on about all <laughs> fucking morning about the hand sanitizer. <laughs> all morning. And, and what are we going to do about it? And who did it? To fucking 10 different people. And I, I had had enough. I had had enough. So I know, but then I saw that clip you sent me of Pat talking to the lady with the cats. And it rekindled my love affair for Pat Kenny. Have you seen that breed? Uh, you should no. watch it. It's actually, we'll, we'll give the, uh, and an earlier slot than usual, the Paper Tuesday's recommendation of the week is uh, John O'Hallan sent us Reeling in the Weird. Look it up on Instagram. That's oh, unbelievable. It is priceless. Oh, yeah. So yeah. have you seen them? Those I've seen videos? the Instagram page, but I haven't seen that video. Well, there's one this week and it's Pat Kenny interviewing a woman that has a poem about cats. <laughs> <laughs> Was it you that said, it's not only cats that's been in that van or something? No. Oh, Jono said, Jono said that, yeah, yeah. something other than cats has been lying in the back of that van <laughs> yeah those uh, the 
hidden parts of Ireland and Pat Kenny's there with beautiful hair I must add mm. but thanks to Jono for sending that in um, where were we? but the podcast like it has it must be great to develop a relationship with so many listeners and then they send you in spooky stories like it's priceless yeah that was kind of something we tried a couple of months ago with I think it was the online dating one was the first time we did it but I had it in my head because I'd heard it on it had worked the same format it worked on other podcasts where people sent in like bad dating stories and they're always funny they're always like (laughs) so messed up that I was like for Valentine's that's going to be our episode and I thought it out like weeks in advance and when it came around it actually that episode went a little bit viral like it went mad because some of the stories were got were just a bit tapped <laughs> um, so we've been trying to like recreate it with other ideas since like we we're, were trying to do one on renting and people sent in like their bad renting stories but none of them have really matched like how funny the online dating one is if you're going to listen I would say start with that one because right. it is the best but say the spooky story, like when you have them all coming in at once, like what do you, what do you take from that? Like you were, you were freaked out. Well, not freaked out. Yeah, you, you were pretty yeah. taken aback by the, the the stories and all, weren't you? Yeah, no, it's, it's gas. And with that one, we actually, I had not read them in advance. Usually we read all the emails in advance and like pick out the best, obviously, and just only read those ones. But with the spooky story ones, um, we neither of us had read them and th- that was just because we dropped the ball <laughs> um, so we actually were just a bit spooked in the moment and actually Fanula's microphone stopped working and she's yeah. only just moved into a new house this week and she could hear like scratching in her ensuite and yeah. I'm not saying her house is haunted but something's going on <laughs> <laughs> but when you get the volume of that it's hard to dispute them like it's it, when they have such yeah. currency you're kind of like alright okay Oh, this is real, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> we're doing a part two, actually. We got so Deadly. many more since the episode went out. We're actually mm. just going to do it again next week because it just makes the job easier. <laughs> <laughs> Here, I'm going to... Mark has put in a lot of prep work as well. So, Mark, do you want to take over there? Yeah, we have a game for Breed. But uh, before we start, I also have a poem oh. that I wrote for Breed. Oh. <laughs> have you, do you do this every week? I don't no, know. No, no, I don't. No, no. I don't. Oh. Only when it's taken aback after shave on, shirt on, hair conditioned. Mark, take oh it away. Gosh. Yeah, you have the same name <laughs> as my mammy, so I said I'd lose <laughs> No, her second name isn't Brown. Uh, let's start now. Okay. I don't like this. You read while I'm reading. I want you to deliver it. Right? Oh dear, Breed Brown, don't you give me that frown. You're here with Michael and Mark from Castletown. As we head into this game, I'm sure you'll take glory. But please, before we begin, allow me to tell you a story. (laughs) In preparation for this podcast, we wanted to make the talk last. So myself, Michael and Robbie made your show our new hobby. (laughs) But as we tuned in to Bandwagon, Rob and I heard a gagging. We turned around in union to find Michael choking on communion. (laughs) I couldn't believe when I asked him and he told me of his infliction. That's right, the holy sacrament was Michael's secret addiction. (laughs) I love that. I questioned him, but the taste is so bland and most people hate it. 
He replied, To me it's like a fishing rod with no worms. You just can't bait it. As he is now in recovery, I hope you will cover me. In not bringing up mass, as Michael will only get hungry. <laughs> Michael, please feel no shame. Now let's move on with the game. Mick D. Breyer and Breed Boo, let's play a game of Would I Lie to You. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, he's a creative genius, Breed. I can Hello and that. welcome to Would I Lie to You. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so uh, we said we're going to play a game of Would I Lie to You, so if anyone has sort of seen the show, it's run on a basis where there's generally two teams, but you can't really operate that system here. So one of us is going to give a statement, the other two have to work out whether it's true or not, and then after some conversing on the matter, the liar or truther will reveal if they are a liar or a truther. Mm-hmm. So I'll start, shall I? Yeah, please. And you two can yeah. work yeah. together. Um I am missing a segment of my right ear because a pelican bit it off. Now, Breed, I'll show you my right ear. Michael knows that I'm missing a part of my right ear. So, are we oh, we're debating the reason? Okay. So, as we're man. debating the reason then. Uh, in general, uh, well, obviously, well, you can Breed, see I think you're always one step ear. ahead. Yeah, like the yeah. So, do we think a we, pelican we, we've bit seen his that ear? You're missing the bit yeah. of his ear. Mm. So that bit is true. Yeah, so. I can give more of a background on the story. Oh yeah, that's normally what they do in the show. It's not a quick uh, fire yeah. <laughs> segment. So we were on holidays in Wales, and I was about three years old, and we were at sort of like a family resort park, and I was in like the shallow pool. My mother, my two older brothers were off doing the slides or whatever, and my younger brother Shane was with my father. Mm-hmm. And me and my mother, my mother picked me up because whatever I was being a brat, and uh, one of the pelicans. <laughs> the pelicans were part of this resort and it came over and it tried to grab me out of my mother's arms but my mother actually like had to sort of like swipe away the pelican but it sort of managed to nip part of my ear and I had to go to the care doc after that right what colour was the pelican white okay uh, yellow beak they have those big dangly beaks right it's a weird feature to have at a resort park isn't it just pelicans Mm. where in Wales was it (sighs) oh Jersey all right. Breed, I'm I believe them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really gullible, though. I'm just going to believe anything. <laughs> I I actually, yeah, I'd be the same breed. And I was kind of going against it. But now, now that I, I see Breed pulling <laughs> Mark away from the bird and yeah. Okay. I Will we believe? Yeah, I think that's yeah. true. Mark, we believe. I am telling a lie. Oh. oh my god So they're actually This is why you can't trust men <laughs> What gives you the ache? People lying about pelican bites <laughs> People lying about their ears That whole story is true Apart from the fact that that's not how I lost a part of my ear A pelican I think did attack me In a holiday park in Ooh. Jersey But I was just born missing that part of my ear So it's a mishmash Yeah yeah. that's why I was able to tell the story so Yeah clearly Yeah, yeah. Very good Very good do, are uh, we alternating? We'll, we'll go clockwise. Okay, right here. In 2012, I won first place at the Leinster Fla for uh, for under 18 lilting. lilting. Michael, I know that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just? No, I don't, but I believe it. <laughs> what What is lilting? It's kind of like a noise that you create. It's an old style thing that you'd hear. 
Can you give us an example? Can you give us a few bars? That's the intro to Killing a Scully. Is it? It sounds like it. It sounds like it, all right. It's very close. <laughs> um, I don't know, Breed, I think I believe him. Well, 2012. No, I think... Go on. Uh, 2012. Like, I'm an avid flag goer, and I do I do think that sounds like it happened. I feel like I remember that happening. 2012, so you were... Because not many 16. people enter Lilting. It's a very small competition as well, so, like, you wouldn't have, like, a lot of people to beat out. Yeah. No offence. Your voice would have been breaking in 2012, though, so I don't know if you could have won that. Oh. Uh, no, I like Breeze Logic though. I think, I think, right. I think that's true. Lie. Ah, <laughs> that tore me up. Thank God it was quick. <laughs> I wasn't aiming for that. Did you never? Did you never enter the lifting? Did I just no, make that no. up in my head? Well, oh like I God, was in God. Group Acol, and I was in. Um, I didn't. Uh, to be honest, I who another I of them? mishmash. I don't know who did lifting, but I did the Irish Cora, and that was oh, again yeah. very few participants. But you know, a handy old and gold seven medal. Go through, seven go through in the Cora. Yeah, yeah, you're dead. Yeah. Oh, she's an expert. <laughs> <laughs> I am so a now, expert. Okay, okay it's my turn. Yeah. Lads, the amount of people I've gotten onto today to be like, can you give me good ones? Because the pressure this. <laughs> okay. I don't know now. Okay. I have been in that house and I have been sick in it. Oh. Many times. Many times. Okay. Okay. Um, well, I'm actually going to say true. Okay, okay. <laughs> we fleshed this out a bit though. Right? Do you want so, me to elaborate? Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 tell us. So it would have been in Owen's bed. No way. Yeah. So, you, no, was Owen there too? <laughs> no. Okay, just clarify that. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's just clear that up. And uh, who are you here with? Did you rent here or? Uh, no, my friend used to rent there. Mm. Yeah. I'm going to say yes. Yeah. Because of the fact she said it was Owen's bed, because that would mean she would know the layout of the house, wouldn't it? Mm. That, yeah, the, what room it is. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna go with true. True. Yeah, it's true. That was a bad That's one. I wasn't sure if you'd know, but uh, my best. It's best because. Uh, right. So we sorry, Breed. We had somebody else on this podcast who had a girlfriend who lived in this house. An ex-girlfriend. Oh, it was 62 Meadowgate, but it was a Dublin ah, 62 oh, Meadowgate. Okay, yeah, sorry, no. Yeah, but oh, that was, yeah. I was thinking, I was like, they were there for many years. So yeah. and let's give her a shout out. She deserves let's one. Let's give Anna a shout out. Yeah. She's actually, she works with Owen and they're very good friends. Ah, yes. And by so working with Owen, she'd also work with James Flood, who we'll hear from yeah. in a moment. Yeah. Yeah. But I've slept yeah. on that couch you're sitting on. No way. I used to, my yeah, gosh. we used to go, my pre-drinks were always in that sitting room. Yeah. Um, I've, I actually, the whole thing about getting sick was I gave up drink for six months, probably four years ago or five years oh. ago. And the first night, like in the six months that I was off it, um, they had come out, they brought out Orchard Thieves. So oh. I don't know how many years ago that was. And uh, I hadn't tried it. So I was in McGovern's and I had about eight pints of Orchard Thieves after not drinking <laughs> for six months. And I got sick all over that bed oh in no one's room. There's probably still stains on the mattress. No, there's plenty of clean mattress. <laughs> I'm telling too much now. I feel bad. Embarrassed. <laughs> Uh, right, moving on then to yeah. me again. Um, 
I pretended to have dyslexia in primary school <laughs> because my friends had it and I wanted to go to the special English lessons with them. <laughs> Why did you want to go to oh, the lessons? Because they went to special lessons and there was only the two of them. My right. only two friends were the only two dyslexic people. In oh, it. Right. No, sorry, I had other friends, but like they were mm. my best friends and they were in. They had dyslexia, so the two of them got brought away yeah. for English and I didn't like English, so I wanted to go to, with them and have crack. And did they have a, a good teacher? For no, 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 she was awful. Oh, God, she was awful. And when you say you pretend to have dyslexia, <laughs> mm. what what does that entail? I would I would fail spelling tests on purpose. No way. Mm. Strategic, strategic. I know I failed them by accident. I actually <laughs> found out when I left school that I'm telling, not my speaking, but my spelling is terrible too. Oh, yeah. You see it the whole time when I text you, I was texting wrong. Ah, uh, I've seen worse, Mark Alpin. Mm. You come up with big words and poems as well. <laughs> come on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't knock yourself down, brother. Uh, thank you. <laughs> uh, so what, has, um, what else do we think here now? Um, what do you think, Braid? I think it's a lie, but I hope it's mm. the truth. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. They're very good ones he has for us. Yeah, I, they're mm. much better than mine. I know. Uh, what can we do? What do you think, Breed? I think. What do you think? Yeah, I'm torn as well. He's. Did they believe it's so you? So convincing. Then, no. hmm? They didn't believe you, obviously. Yeah. The teachers. They did, they did believe me. I failed on purpose. Look at me, Breed. Would you not think I was dyslexic? <laughs> <laughs> Which school is this? Uh, Castletown National School. Mensa. I think um, I'm going to go with lie. Yeah. It's a true. Oh, trash. I did. <laughs> I pretended to have dyslexia and I was very good at it. Do you remember what words? Ah, uh, brain and Brian. I used to always mix those up on purpose. Uh, <laughs> That's a tough one though. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Well done, Mark. Mark is leading the way. Thank you. In 2014, I worked as a runner on a television series called Hollywood in Aaron. Sounds so schnazzy, doesn't it? Hollywood in Aaron. Okay, so I, I know for a fact that you've done runners on shows in RTE, mm. but I don't know if that was one of them. Mm. I've never heard of Hollywood in Aaron. Oh. What, what was it about? It was about Hollywood movies that had been set in Ireland. So there was one of Meryl Streep's film in the Glen Tees up in Donegal. And that was about dancing at Lunasa. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was about Hollywood productions here and where they were filmed. Do you believe in Breed? I don't know. What, what kind of jobs were you doing? Um, <laughs> carrying boxes, helping the cameraman with his lenses, uh, setting up No, you're telling lunches. lies. Do you you're think? You're telling lies. Yeah, yeah, there's no way they'd have a runner helping with lenses. Oh, Unless know? it was like lashing rain and you needed to wipe the rain off it or something. I don't know. I feel like you're a bad liar, Michael. Oh, you know? <laughs> why, killing him. why I think this is true. It's because Michael has the option here of telling the truth or lying with each of these. And there's no way he would choose to lie two times in a row. I think he wouldn't have slept between the time he wrote it and now. The maths just does not. <laughs> it does not. Adam. <laughs> but... Breed, you're in show business and I think you know better about the lenses. I've proven that I'm very bad at this game though, so... Uh, I'm going to say lie. Right, lie. We'll go lie. It's true. Ah, oh, for God's sake. 
we had some She's crack going. no I wasn't too. <laughs> we were saying to these B&Bs and these women would come up to you and they'd say you must come back to Glenty's and you, you know you'd, you'd strike up a great bond with this woman that used to whip the children into shape when they'd be doing Irish dancing together for the five second clip on the Hollywood and Aaron show but Breed I suppose this answer goes to show that you could just never never underestimate the power of TG Cahar and the commissioning editors because that was a series <laughs> on TG Cahar that is so true um, so now that's class. I take it back I'm sorry I don't know what runners do apparently <laughs> um, um, okay I was voted most improved player by Gory Celtic for the 2004-2005 season Michael is a fellow self-improved accolade winner. Did <laughs> you see this, Breed? No. Oh, on my story a few weeks ago, I put up, uh, I have three trophies in of oh, 9, 10 and 11 for our most improved Gaelic footballer in Gorey Community School. There was no limit on my improvement, <laughs> Breed. I kept going. So, That's brilliant. Yeah. It's a great title. Were you good at soccer? Why, why, why do you think you were picked as most improved player? No, I was I was really bad. My mom was a fairly sporty child, so she used to put me into everything, absolutely every sport, and I didn't excel in any of them. Um, but she made me join Gory Celtic because my brothers were in it, and I'm pretty sure I was either the only girl on the team or that there was only two girls on the team. But it was it was the boys' football team as well. Like oh. I can't. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, right. so, okay. Um, Big deal. Yeah, the coach kind of gave up trying to teach me how to play soccer about halfway through the season and told me that my only job was to kick the shins off the other boys on the field. <laughs> and that I did. That sounds like an accolade or a characteristic of a most improved player. What do you think, Mark? Does real recognise real? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think so. I yeah, think it's true. It seems to check out, I think. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go with true. Yeah. Is it true? It's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was one match where my mom came and they, every, she was like, I'll give you a fiver if you can score a goal. And everyone, everyone, the coach told everyone in the dressing room, Breed's mom's going to give her a fiver. So we all just need to keep giving her the ball and we'll just have her stand beside the goal. And I swear it took me like an hour to get, get a goal. It was but really you got one. I got one in the oh, end. But it was and your mom lost a fiver. That's the spirit. Yeah. <laughs> very good. I'm just take a quick toilet break. Oh, toilet break. Okie dokie. Yeah. <laughs> well, I actually might do the same. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm here on my own as map and breed are gone to the toilet and they'll be back soon Robbie Dunn this is for you you're listening to this podcast oh Robbie thanks to you we bring Paper Tuesdays to the globe thanks to Robbie Mark's back now there's some hoes in this house there's some hoes in this house there's some hoes in this house shh Seven days a week. <laughs> <laughs> Give me some wet ass p- <laughs> There's some floors in this house. There's some floors in this house. There's some floors in this house. There's some doors in this house. There's some. <laughs> um, 
curtains in this house. There's some curtains in this house. Okay. <laughs> we would have a great musical crack on during that music. Okay, so well, was gone. Yeah. <laughs> back to me. When I was five years old, my grandfather showed up at my house with my five-year-old cousin who was looking to fight me. <laughs> <laughs> That can't be true. I, All right, which granddad? Ned. Right. Russell, yeah. Who was the cousin? Which cousin? Yeah. Jack Kenny from Cranford. Oh. He went to school please. with me, I think, did he? Yeah, I'd say so. Right. Why did he want to fight you? Because Ned was out visiting his family out in Cranford. Yeah. And he told Jack that he had a grandson who would bait him. So then <laughs> Jack said, no, you don't. So then Ned brought him out to fight me. <laughs> and were you intimidated? Did you fight? That part I can't remember. I wouldn't imagine so. No. Stare off. Yeah, maybe a stare off. Mm. Or like an insult contest or something. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't think we... He might have let us fight. I don't know. I, I can't really remember. Um, do you remember your reaction? Like, were you a little bit intimidated? No. Or were you like, right, let's go? I, I honestly don't recall right. the situation too much other than answering the front door and Ed and Jack standing there. But then, like, I, 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 like I've been told then you know about this story afterwards you know so okay but ned was like this isn't something that would have been out of the ordinary for my grandfather this probably would have been no that's true and that's why i'd be leaning with true breed but mark just said there that he opened the front door but the halpin family of barog following the age-old tradition of only using the back door so that's why i have some suspicions what do you think breed yeah, I think my mom always says a good liar needs a good memory and it's just convenient that we can't remember half the story. <laughs> right, you so I would say lie. I would say lie, yeah. It's true. No way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> that means it's three from three. Uh, yeah, three from three. You came up with the game and you've come up with the win. Well done, you. Yes, <laughs> Here, play oh. for second place, will we? Yeah, I suppose we'll play for second place. <laughs> In 2006, I appeared on Dustin's Daily News, fielding questions on Neil Diamond's life in music. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I used to love that. It was a what great was it, show. Like a, was it a, a quiz that you'd win a prize for or you were just like the Neil Diamond expert they got oh, in? Oh, you picked your area of expertise. Like, it was like Dustin's mastermind. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I picked Neil Diamond's life in music. Other people may have picked like Harry Potter or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. I remember that say, like that show. Michal mm. actually won a TV watch off at once. No and it way. Was, it was like a signal television, though, but it was a watch. So you had to like go around with an aerial to try watch <laughs> telly on your arm. It was, I thought it was the coolest thing ever, but we never got it working. Peak boom Ireland. That's what that sounds <laughs> yeah, like. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Did you? Are you a massive uh, Neil Diamond fan? Oh yeah, I got the love of it from my father. I just there's such a vibe about his music, you know. It's brilliant. Money <laughs> talks, but it don't sing and dance, and it can't walk. Do, do, do. <laughs> that could be anyone. I don't know enough about Neil Diamond. <laughs> I believe him. <laughs> I believe him too. Yeah. yeah, I don't. No further questions. I believe you. 
It's a lie. Oh, <laughs> no way. I, wow. did, I was on Dustin Sailing News, but it was ancient Rome. I thought, like, a nine year old shouldn't know too much about Neil Diamond's life in music. And was he a normal nine year old? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Owen actually, Owen Conroy, uh, shout out to Owen. Uh, he always thinks, like, I was such a fool for picking ancient Rome because I, I set myself up to fail with that approach, you know. <laughs> yeah. The questions were too difficult. And, <laughs> so. You could have picked anything. Um, Your goal. Okay, I am a practicing Wiccan. Oh, okay. I know what this is, I think. I think it's a witch. Yes. But there's something special about the witch. Mm -hmm. Are they on TikTok (laughs) or something? They're on TikTok, Wiccans. They're probably on TikTok, yeah. It's a religion. Well, it's a way of life. They worship Connor Wickham. You don't know God are we read Matt's teacher in Gorky Reader School. I know the surname, yeah. All right. <laughs> um, what what is a Wiccan breed? So it's like an old form of like paganism. Um right. where you you'd practice it's like modern day witchcraft. When did you join the Wiccan club? Um it was probably in the last year I've kind of grown to like take up different practices. Mm. It wasn't kind of an all at once thing. What was the first practice? Um, it was um, crystals and like spell jars. Mm, right. Mm. What's your favourite crystal? Um, God, it's so hard to pick. Palace. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do enjoy a rose quartz. Mm, right. Or an amethyst. Why Ooh. do you believe? Why do you espouse to be a wicked? Why are you um, drawn towards that area? I just like the whole aspect of manifestation and like putting out like good vibes to bring back good vibes and kind of like okay. light magic and you know that kind of stuff. Can it be used for evil? <laughs> it can, but you shouldn't because uh, you can you can practice dark magic, but it doesn't end well for you. You'll ha- it'll come at a cost. Can you make potions? You can. Yeah, you can. Anyone Do can make you? potions. Um, yeah, you'd make like little like love potions or friendship potions or not potions to drink, but like jars with water and crystals and like herbs and scents and stuff. And okay, you kind of yeah. Mark, I believe her. Do you? Yeah, she knows her stuff. I think. Uh, I don't know. I think it's a lie. I don't know. I just uh, I'm I'm surprised that the horror story spooked out breed last week. If you're a Wiccan, mm, I'd be yes. more kind of like. That that's part and parcel. That's that's my game, you know. Yes, um, Reed. What do you have to say to that? <laughs> <laughs> well, like there's a, a like you don't associate with ghosts just because you're a Wiccan. I think it's separate. It's They're separate thing. things. Oh. She's in control of the magic when she's a Wiccan. Oh, she's yeah. not in control of yeah the ghost. Okay, uh, one more question because it's very good um, fact for the show um, or the game even. What? Uh, what's the biggest learning you've taken from being a Wiccan? Mm. Okay, that's a good one. That's a big question. Um, I suppose that's like, that's like a very profound question. I suppose you just have to, what you put out into the world will come back to you threefold. So put out love and light and that'll come back to you threefold. Hmm. Mark, it's a good one. I, I still believe her. Right, I okay, believe her. we believe. 
No, it's a lie. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I made a lot of that up. <laughs> no, I, I just... Well played. I just kind of like uh, weird bits. Like, I do have a crystal collection, but I don't, like, do anything with them. I just think they're pretty. Hmm. Um, and I do have, like, tarot cards and palm reading cards and stuff, but I... Oh. I don't... Uh, so have don't you re- done readings? Yeah. <laughs> could you, you want do, me to a, do a reading? Could you do my reading? Yeah. Uh, tarot reading? I can do a quick tarot reading. Yes. Let me get my cards. We were trying to get some. <laughs> yeah, like I'm not magic. This is a sign. This is just because Halloween and <laughs> all. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this is crazy. Okay, mm. I can't believe that. We'll explain now when Brie comes back. I can't believe this is happening. So we were trying for like weeks to find uh, someone who would read our my cards mm. on this show for yeah. a Halloween special. Yeah. We had our Halloween special last night, even though tonight is actually the night before Halloween. So we've actually actually downstairs. One sec. Yeah, no take your it. time. So we've actually sort of come across by accident the fact that Breed can read tarot cards, and she's now going to read my cards. <laughs> How are you feeling, Mark? A bit nervous. Really? A yeah. bit nervous. Yeah. You're, you've all of a sudden you've become a spo- exposed, really. Uh, yes. It's yes. like you're walking down to the main street of Gory and suddenly your pants are off. My pants are off, yeah. And, yeah. Mm. We're going to study. The I think I should be good at it. The collective unconscious, which is what Gavin studied in college. <laughs> if this, what if this tells me now that like I, the person beside me is going to kill me or whatever? <laughs> Okay, I have them. <laughs> How long have you been doing the cards, Breathe? So actually, funnily enough, on my podcast last Halloween, we thought it'd be funny to get someone in um, who could read tarot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just for like a spooky kind of Halloween-y episode. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was so cool that I went and bought a deck the week after. Yeah. Um, but apparently you're not allowed to buy your own deck with tarot. It's like a weird superstitious thing that like only bad things will happen if you deal your own cards or whatever. Okay. So um, I actually bought a deck and I went on a fake hen the next weekend and like de- like did readings for everyone in the group. And then the Monday I went in and lost my job. So I stopped dealing with those those cards and then Hilda bought me a deck for Christmas. Oh, so such a lovely doing, like I still, yeah, she, I still can't uh, do them like properly. Well, have you ever, have you done any accurate predictions? Um... It's kind of like all interpretive. Oh. So you'll see. So yeah. like the thing is with these, I can't like read from the carriage yet because you kind of have to learn them all off by heart. Mm. So I kind of draw them and then Google them. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So anyone can do it, but okay. I sound like such a weirdo now, don't I? No, no, no. no. We were just okay. saying before you arrived, just to give context of why we're so uh, baffled by this breed. We've been trying for weeks to find a reader for Mark as a sort of a Halloween special and now just by pure chance and coincidence we've discovered See, that guys, you're a reader. That's manifestation, that's what yeah. Wicca's all about. <laughs> <laughs> so, will I just draw like one card each? Yeah. Or what do you think? Or do you okay. want to have your is, 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 is it just watch. Mark that wants it? Just Mark, yeah. You don't. Michael okay. really okay. doesn't yeah. like it. Thank you. No, Michael's in that's the fair. corner playing with himself. Um, involved. No, just disclaimer, like, this is no, like, this is not, like, dark magic or anything. I just do this for fun because I think it's a bit gas. Mm. But I, I wouldn't place any mad value on the readings. Mm. Just <laughs> as a little disclaimer. Mm. So I'm going to pull three cards um, what the first one will represent your past, the second one will represent your present, and the third will represent your future. Uh, if you were in front of me, I'd let you shuffle the cards yourself and de- draw them yourself. Yep. 
but you're not, so I'm just going to have to make do. Okay. I'll manifest what ones I want. Mm. Do, yeah. He just send them to me through Zoom. <laughs> God, I haven't done this in a while now. I'm a bit rusty. All my family are going to be like, you had a world of topics to talk about and you <laughs> pulled out the tarot cards again. Like, okay. So your past is coming up as the Ace of Wands. Okay. Um, I'm going to show you this while I Google it. Ace of Wands. That's W-A-N-D-S. Yeah. Yeah, it's confusing for gory people. <laughs> W-A-N-S. Wands. <laughs> okay. So... The Ace of Wands represents good news and new beginnings. It signifies taking action, physically starting something, new initiative and finding new passion, enthusiasm or spark. Um, It can be a card of accepting a challenge, getting fired up and getting in the game. It can also represent discovering your potential or talent and brings a sense of urgency and a new lease of life when it appears in your tarot spread. Um, it also signifies spontaneity, excitement. So expect fun times when it appears in your tarot reading. This, oh uh, yeah, and then it says it can also represent fertility, conception, and birth. But uh, let's hope not. <laughs> a big year ahead. That's of your me. past. I feel like that could spark your podcast. Let's see. It'll make more sense as you read the next year. Okay, so the middle one. This is the six of swords. Mm-hmm. So it's a man with six swords. Yeah. So it's like a man on a boat with six swords and I think a woman and a small child Mm. in the picture. So the six of swords represents progress, moving into calmer waters, moving on or moving forward. It is a card of overcoming hardship, healing, relief and stability. So you can expect problems in your life to settle down and things to be much easier to deal with. Um, It can signify feeling lethargic or deflated after coming through a tough time or the calm after a storm. It's a card of intuition, inner guidance, and spirit guides. Mm, that's a lovely card. That's your present. That's a good one. Thank you. Maybe that's overcoming the Rona. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, and then the final one is the chariot. It's very majestic. I actually don't know this card very well. Mm. I can send you pictures the of these if you want answer. for the Instagram. <laughs> um... So the chariot represents overcoming, this is your future, the chariot represents overcoming obstacles through determination, focus and willpower. Um, it will have you feeling motivated, ambitious and in control. Now is the time to go for what you want. The chariot is not without its challenges. There may be many obstacles in your path, but if you stay focused, keep your composure and are confident in your abilities, you'll be successful. Um, it can also represent travel because um, the chariot is about modes of transport so maybe we're getting a new car. Um, the chariot can also indicate that you may be active, acting defensively or aggressively to hide that you're feeling emotional and vulnerable. You may feel like you are in a battle at the moment. Don't worry. If you maintain your focus, you will be successful. Um, it is an indicator of success in sports or competitions, and it represents the balance between the heart and the mind. Put any worries aside and maintain your focus. Wow, that was great! No, one, no one's going to die or get no one's shot. <laughs> no, that's a nice reading, that's I think, because they can, they can be violent sometimes. Right, it's a coherent one. That's why I like about it. Yeah, you know, I think you can draw from all of those cards if you want. <laughs> you can yeah. find any meaning in any of them. Kind yeah. Of. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, thanks for that, Breed. 
Incredible. That's mad, isn't it? The fact that you just read cards and it came up in conversation. Fascinating. Because yeah. we couldn't find someone to do it. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah people are, are kind of, because we were trying to get someone, obviously, last year, and people were slow to come on and do it because they obviously opened themselves up to a lot of backlash. Mm. Oh, but it's right. just like, okay. I don't know. Mm. I wouldn't charge people to do it. Like, people have said you should charge on Instagram to do readings and stuff. And, like, do you ever do, Michael, I don't know if you're into, like, birth charts with your sun signs and your moon signs and your rising signs. I know you do your horoscopes every week. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, but like, yeah, you, I've seen them all, right? Yeah, yeah. They are people fascinating. Charge for, people charge for stuff like that on Instagram. And yeah. you can honestly, you can just log in and do it yourself. Like, I wouldn't, I'd feel bad taking money for something that I find very trivial. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Wow, this is this podcast has taken a, a beautiful turn. Uh, you have questions. Let's <laughs> take another sharp right. <laughs> yeah, we had a sharp right last week. Here's Hello and welcome <laughs> to the next section of the show called Talking Brown with Breed Brown. Oh, yes. And Michael Dwyer and Mark Halpin. Um, question one <laughs> Breed, if you could live in any time period, which would you choose? Ooh. Oh, I always loved. What is, where is hairspray set? Is that like the sixties and like Greece? Is that the sixties? Oh, I didn't see like hairspray, the but I seen skirts. the cover of the DVD. So. <laughs> I think it's the sixties. I'm gonna be so mad now if that's wrong. But you know the poofy skirts and like the leather jackets and stuff. I just always thought that was just seemed like a cool time, but obviously it wasn't a very progressive time. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I'd say the if not the sixties, then I'm happy enough with now. Mm-hmm. No, actually not now. Maybe 2018. 2018 <laughs> pre-rona pre-rona yeah, yeah. michael uh, that's a good question mark i have a few thoughts i think hmm maybe the time of the gaelic chieftains in ireland and the inaugurations and uh, just the tribalism of it all mm. like uh i don't uh, this is, we'll go local and i'll go my little historic gem of the week and like there was an inauguration site near the gap and that's where the Kavanaugh clan would gather to inaugurate the the chieftain of the tribe and he would decide uh what what you know what way the tribe was held and he led the crew mm. and just to think that now we associate the gap with a nice little place where you can get pizza and pints <laughs> back years ago i tell you there was, was hijinks going on there a different know? place yeah mine would probably be the 60s in Hollywood well not Hollywood like California oh really like did you ever see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood yeah Manson like yeah Char- me and Charlie Manson <laughs> taking acid and biting strangers <laughs> living on the ranch living on the ranch <laughs> class me and fucking what's the other lad's name with the horse I don't know oh anyway. yeah 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 oh he had a mad name uh, yeah so probably then I wouldn't go near the Mansons by the way I'd be at like Woodstock and like throwing my own shit at the man and walking around half naked with long hair right yeah that'd be Fair me play. so I actually I wouldn't throw shit either I take that back but yeah. <laughs> he's a good boy <laughs> yeah uh, question two Reed what's your favourite smell oh I actually I do love roses or like the scent of roses like even I, I sound like a witch now but I was burning incense before we started <laughs> <laughs> and it was rose scented mm. I, I, or I actually love do you know the Yankee candles that are like cotton or like clean clothes yeah. those like really mm. clean smells mm. lavender would be my favourite what about yourself oh. Mark petrol <laughs> I do love petrol <laughs> <laughs> petrol's class uh, eucalyptus Ooh. I like 
Yeah. Um, hmm. Somebody told me babies smell nice. Babies do smell nice. And mm. also fire lighters. Yes. Oh. Fire lighters. <laughs> mm. They're an old one. Uh, what else smells good? Hmm. Spice bags? Spice bags. Yeah. I don't know. I'm upset now that I can't take of more things I like the smell of. <laughs> Grass, regain the sense of smell. Yeah. Is there no euphoria yeah. associated with that? Yeah, it's actually it's class. Like I love. We have a hand sanitizer in work that smells really nice, and I just use that the whole time now since my sense of smell come back came back. So <laughs> indulge in it. Yeah. So lavender. Yeah. Rose and petrol. Or um, <laughs> I can't smell flowers. I've never been able to smell flowers. Really? No. Really? Can you? Like you can. Oh yeah. You Sorry? can't smell the difference between flowers, or I can't smell the difference between flowers and fresh air. Ah, man, really? What well, no, about like a bouquet? No. Like if you put your nose into a bouquet? I don't get it. There's a lavender bush uh, on a family grave, and I'll bring you that to that because it's quite fragrant. <laughs> or actually, your family. I might just keep bringing it to the lavender. <laughs> just, just lavender. <laughs> Why don't you just bring lavender to him? <laughs> lavender is so. Effusive. I love it. It's full of. Oh, so you can smell lavender. I love lavender. I put it in my Epsom salt baths. Oh, well, sorry. So you can smell lavender, but you can't smell flowers. And yeah, we're saying yeah, that flowers lavender like is flower. flowers on the kitchen. I withdraw that offer. That's fine. Okay, yeah. right. Okay, that's um, mad. Uh, next smell. Where were you? Next question. Where? <laughs> where, where were you when JFK was shot? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all I'm picturing is that the new season of Umbrella Academy. Have you seen that? No. No. Oh, it's not re- relevant then. No, I was uh, just a twinkle in God's pocket at that time. Oh. <laughs> Probably was as well. I'd say, yeah. What year was that now? I've no idea. 69, wasn't it? 69, yeah. Well, my father was only a whippersnapper himself. He was only a few months old. So, yeah, I don't know where he was in the world. You were in a testicle in a backfield somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> um... Breed, what conspiracy theories do you believe in? Ooh. Oh, I actually do love a conspiracy. I don't believe we walked on the moon in the 60s. Right. <laughs> That's a big one for me. <laughs> I don't believe it happened then. I do believe it has happened since. Mm. Um. Yeah, what else is there? I don't believe that Avril Lavigne has been cloned. Do you know that one? That Avril Lavigne died in 2003 and she was replaced by a clone named Melissa. <laughs> Do you know that one? No. I don't believe it anyway. She just probably got a nose job or something and everyone thought she looked a bit odd. So. <laughs> hmm. Like What's the question? That I do or don't believe in? Uh, yeah, what ones do you believe in? Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, the moon one. <laughs> <laughs> you, you do believe that the moon wasn't real? I do believe that the, that the moon landing <laughs> moon was fake. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, Have you heard the one that birds aren't real? No. They reckon that birds aren't real, that birds are actually cameras being used by the government. The control and like <laughs> birds Gates. up in the sky. Yeah, Bill Gates and Melinda Gates. <laughs> right. Uh, What's your one? I don't have one. I don't have Do one. Not? Sometimes I like to tell people I believe the earth is flat, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's a would you rather question, Breed. Okay. Um, would you rather a world where you have to receive all of your news and information via teletext <laughs> or a world where you have to begin every day with a 45 minute wait in a doctor's waiting room before you can start your day? I actually find the wait in the doctor's waiting room quite calming. Oh, no. so I, but I do love the, the nostalgia of teletext. 
Did Teletext run off Wi-Fi? No. No. I couldn't have. Ran off the phone line, I'd say, because it was in your television. How did it run, actually? No, maybe... <laughs> That's like how did you how did the fig get in the fig roll? <laughs> yeah. uh, that's a great question. It never really worked properly, so it was for the pure frustration of that I would go with the doctor's waiting room. Yeah, I'd be doctor's waiting room too. Yeah, continue. I go a teletext. Yeah, it'd be grand. You get five things. Those are the five things I need to know what happened today. And then oh yeah, walk away. That's All it. the GA results. Yeah, the GA results. The soccer you'd get on it as well. Yeah, yeah. Bring back teletext. Uh, next question. I'm sorry about this one before I ask it. The saying goes, if wishes were fishes, the world would be an ocean. But what if fishes became wishes? Would the ocean be full of birthday cake candles? <laughs> That's so valid, like that. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing you can respond to that, I'm sorry. <laughs> I think it's true though. You think it's true? <laughs> <laughs> um, next question. Do mothers really know best? Uh, yeah, I do think so. To a point, like up until you're probably... No, I think at all times they probably do know best, but my, my mom, if she hears this, she's never going to let me live that down. <laughs> I, I have to agree as well, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Mommy knows everything. Shout out to her all, our mothers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, if you could, would you swap dogs for house elves, like Dobby in Harry Potter? Oh, uh, no. No, Dobby was sad, I feel wasn't like- he? Dobby was a, a wawa baby like he nice. he was a big whinge bag <laughs> yeah <laughs> isn't that dogs are just ever happy like ever um, happy but we can't we don't know what they're saying we can't fully but trust them yeah well like we Dobby was talking all the time mm. Do, a dog is the opposite of that hmm that's interesting now <laughs> that's why we're people like deep. dogs though I think because yeah, they're yeah, just exactly so, like appeasing yeah it's weird hmm yeah, mm. yeah. You can like you can give your dog its own voice, you know, and its yeah. own like names and its own personality. Whereas literally, it's just an animal. Mm. It was like you know, you I have like Georgie at home, Brendan's dog, and that's Georgie Porgy, and it goes down and wakes up my mum and dad in the morning, and like mm. you, you know. But I don't think yeah, the- they want a little elf that looks like Dobby running, <laughs> jumping <laughs> under bed in the morning. Yeah, there'd be something really creepy about waking up with a small man in your bed, wouldn't it? Um, next question fresh fades or mullets oh fresh fades good woman fuck are you going rocking mullets no no I'm saying Mark is a mullet man I'm starting to look like Brendan Grace with (laughs) 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 oh rest in peace eh he was on vocal he was great wasn't he he was he was good Uh, I drove your car into a big wall Oh, what was that from Father Ted? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love the image of his family with his family around the late late and he said sometimes he'd come home from the chipper and he'd just have fish and chips on the roof of his car because he'd be feeding the birds. <laughs> 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 what a man. Biscuit or cake? Oh, cake. Mm. Cake all day. Well, it depends on what biscuit for me. I love Viscounts, the mint Viscounts. All right. Um, Do you know what I've been eating recently though? They're not biscuits, but they're similar. Are the little, they're like rip-off penguin bars. They're called Arctic bars. Mm. Um, and they they do mint ones and they are chef's kiss. Mm. They're very nice. 
Chefskis. What a great expression. <laughs> yeah, I'd go biscuits, I think. Michael. Right. Cake. Cake. Mm. Um, this is daddy or chips. <laughs> what? <laughs> daddy or chips. Do you ever see that ad that was on the television years ago? Do you know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, next question. <laughs> <laughs> well, a young one be asked. Oh, I just remember that because whenever my dad bring home chips from the chipper, he does oh, daddy or chips, and we always say chips, chips, chips. chips. <laughs> <laughs> your dad was relegated. Yeah. Uh, what was your answer for that one, Breed? Sorry, daddy or chips? Daddy or chips? <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm gonna go with chips. Chips. Michael, <laughs> that's the safe bet. Uh, chips. Yeah. Chips, yeah. Okay. Uh, are you now on the Ch- Paper Tuesdays bandwagon? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, I have been for a few weeks. Me and Hilda talk about it a lot. Because oh. I feel very out of the loop, like out of the gory loop, especially mm. now that I can't go home every two or three weekends because I would have gone home quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like to hear a gory accent. Yeah, we are the gory vibe, but we're, we're open to everyone and even some English if they want to. Be, <laughs> some, <know>. yeah, some. <laughs> Here, speaking of gory now... Connor Moore, he's yeah. some oh, boy, no. isn't he? Is he ringing you? No, but <laughs> uh, one moment there now. He. What's he saying about me? Uh, I read at his wedding. We're very close. We're kind of god cousins because god his cousins. mom, his mom and my mom are sisters, obviously. But his mom is my godmother, and my mom is his godmother. Oh, we are kind of god cousins. Fascinating. No, we have a few voice notes here. We'll take a few of them. Oh no Here Breed um, Tell the boys about the time That you were up in Ardlish You know it's the posh part Of Gory And um, You had these glasses These pink glasses That you absolutely hated And you uh, Inverted commas Lost them But unfortunately for you They were found again Do you remember that? Do you remember The pink glasses Breed? I do I do remember The pink glasses They were very cute I was going to see If I had a picture I don't have a picture Um, They were very cute But I I was only three at the time, I think, and I just hated wearing them. So I think his mom, Sarah, brought me to the park <laughs> and I lost them in the park. And I was like, that's great. And then <laughs> they found them or whatever. But when I went back to the optician to get another pair, they were like, no, you actually don't need them. So I never, I didn't wear glasses from the age of three up to the age of 21. And when I went back at 21, they were like, you've needed glasses your whole life. <laughs> <laughs> So, that's amazing. That's my gammy eye story. <laughs> Here's another one. Oh yeah, there was another one as well. Whenever we were growing up as kids, and we used to get in for photos. Like the average child was would uh, stand in for a, a photograph, and they'd say like you know sausages or cheese. But between ourselves, the Moors and the Browns, we used to shout and roar, "Big ditties!" <laughs> Do you remember that? I, I don't remember the doing it during pictures, but I do remember when we were very little, my mom would come. We used to live in Garden City and my mom would come in to check if we were asleep in the bunk beds. And we'd always pretend to be asleep and we'd hear her come up the stairs. And then she'd get to the door and she'd just shed in, big fat ditties. <laughs> like at five years of age, you just couldn't keep it in. It was, it was brilliant. Like it was genius. Still works and also, to this day. Breed doesn't give you a song. Um, ask her to sing the song she sang at her mother's wedding. She sings a lovely, <laughs> lovely voice. What did you sing back then? Breathe. No, that's a that's a family joke that we'd always say. Sing the song you sang at your mother's wedding because it implied that your ma- your mom had you out of wedlock. <laughs> 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 Which is not not as funny these days. 
here. We have another voice note from another uh, jovial member of staff here at Paper Tuesdays. Yeah, I suppose it's time for Flash Flood. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> which one to go with? Uh, James really went off at one this week. I, I've had it this week. I've really had it this week. I want to know who he is. I want to know where he is. I want to have a word with him. I want to know who the big pumpkin conglomerate corporation is because they're not putting them into the fucking shops. I'm up since cock crow. Ten shops I've been to looking for pumpkins and they can't be got. It's an absolute thundering disgrace. Halloween and no pumpkins. I mean, have you ever heard the likes of it? An absolute thundering disgrace. I've, I'm going old school. I'm sticking it to the man. I bought a turnip. I'm carving a turnip. And the big pumpkin company and conglomerate, I'm sticking me two fingers up to you. And I'm saying, f*** you. I'll do without your pumpkins. Go f*** yourself. Bastards. <laughs> That's a flash flood and a half, isn't it? That's a good one. I love the way he pronounces pumpkins. <laughs> Conglomerates. <laughs> <laughs> He left it a bit late though I don't feel like the, it's fully the shop's fault That they have no pumpkins oh, yeah. left Well the old the COVID is throwing a spanner in the works for them I'd say There hasn't yeah. been a lot of them around the place though all the same But he, do you know what I like about him this week Flash Flood he, He's meant it and he's executed He's acted on it He's uh, he, And he carved two turnips based on last week's guest Michael Fortune He said that we used to uh, carve turnips Before we had pumpkins here Before those conglomerates came along So James stuck it to the man And uh, if you have something that you'd like to get off your chest You can email <laughs> Flash Flood at paperchooses.com Now Mark Do we agree um, With the flash flood This week Yeah Fair play to him Ingenuity mm. Creativity I suppose He was uh, Caught in a bit of a pickle And he made a Turn up out of it <laughs> 10 out of 10 And breathe Yeah I'd, uh, Pumpkins are a waste of money James Like I wouldn't be getting Yourself up in a heap Over it Getting your knickers in a twist <laughs> They go off after about 36 hours Yeah Particularly They go this really year, smelly yeah. That's true. Your turnips will last you a lifetime. Yeah. Have you been looking forward to your um, horoscope? Oh yeah, big time. Yeah. I had a good look into the stars for this one. Uh, Do you know my star sign? No. What's your star sign? (laughs) I'm a Leo. I'm a Leo Leo sun. I'm a Taurus moon and a Scorpio rising. Ooh, Scorpio rising. That bit of (laughs) intensity rising in there. It's a very intense chart, yeah. Toga buggy breed. You always tend to get frenetic and anxious when the third pint of Mercury sends Capricorn, which lies in your ascendant charts, back into retrograde. See, if you let yourself fly without wings, you'll stir a spirit so strong within you, it'll feel like it's breed against the world. The ripples that knock you like waves at the moment will soon disappear when Saturn takes the first exit after the Petra station of the Cosmogram. You're on the cusp of something beautiful breed. The stars are aligning and Venus's progress through the 10th house of the achievement and tradition will have you buzzing like it's the spring summer supermoon of 2020 all over again. I love that. Yeah, I felt that hard. Yeah, yeah. Felt that. Did you actually know uh, Halloween this year is a blue moon for the first time in oh, like thirty years? I did so not it's know the that. second second full moon of the month, which rarely happens, making it a blue a blue moon, and it's the first full moon on Halloween since like a, a good few years. Jamie, I can't remember. Right. 
I actually have started to wonder about my girlfriend's uh, like view on life. She is uh, taking on relief work to work Halloween night in a mental health ward, oh. and it's a full moon. Like. You're asking yeah. for trouble there, aren't you? You are, definitely. <laughs> I used to know people that worked in a hospital and they always said the full moon were always like the crazy busy nights. Yeah, honestly. Like all sorts in. It's weird, isn't it? Um, we have a letters to the editor. Uh, Mark, you you uh, found the letter. I went out into the streets and I found this one this week, Michael. All right. Yeah, so. it's anonymous again. Anonymous again, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, breed our, um, our, I suppose, what do you call them? Are inflicted this week. As the issue where she is in a same-sex relationship and they're both engaged to be married. Two females. But the way they met was online. And this lady was pretending to be a man. They spoke online for four to five years before Yvonne finally said, Right, look, I'm just going to go and meet her and I'm going to show her that I'm a woman. And then eventually the lady, other lady accepted her. They got into a relationship. Now they're getting married. The only thing is that this lady who was deceiving the other lady in the first place can't shake the sense of guilt she feels for having deceived her partner in the first place. And she blames herself for her, her partner's anxiety and separation issues and things like that. And she's wondering, does she stay or does she go basically does she go through with the wedding and live a lifetime of guilt or let the love of her life be free and not uh, have to do continue this situation yeah my internet did cut out the start there so i missed a couple oh. <laughs> but just based on what you said at the end you should never enter into anything long term that you're not 100 percent set in because it will only manifest and get so much worse and she's getting married, is it? Yeah. It's, it wouldn't be fair to do that to another person either if you're not 100% in it. Mm. Well, uh, that's true. Did uh, I miss something big there? Maybe. I don't know. The, the overriding thing here seems to be the sense of guilt that this person feels that because they catfished their now lover for so many years. Well, like, I think the only way to solve guilt is forgiveness. So whether or not you go the long term with the marriage, I think no matter how many lives you've, you know, whatever trail you've spun for the past few years, there's no there's no better time than the present to forgive yourself and then to move on with it so whether it does lead to marriage or further difficulties you can't shoulder a burden all the, all your life you had to forgive yourself and uh, the world would be a better place yeah I couldn't have said that part of myself mm. beautiful Michael so there we are that's our view on the letters to the editor if you want to send a letter to the editor it's letters to the editor at papertuesdays.com so now where are we now? Is it the best 30 seconds of your life? Yeah. Oh, big so. oh my God. The absolute pressure. <laughs> Connor did extremely well at this. Um, what what are we going to go for here? I'll give oh, you the category. Time. What's your category? Well, what would you like your category to be? We, we give our guests a lot of freedom. Oh, oh no. This is going to be like a Dustin's Den moment all over again. I'm going to shoot myself in the foot. So you better. Um... Ooh, bandwagons. Different bandwagons. Different bandwagons, yeah. That could be a funny one. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. Right. And they just it can be like Yeah, once okay. it's just once you men. think it's a bandwagon. I think yeah. I think we'll go with that. Yep. Breed, you've okay. twenty to beat and you've thirty seconds. Are you ready to go? Yeah. Three, two, one, go. Uh Tinder, Bumble, Soccer, 
Hamilton, um, scary movies, Halloween, Christmas decorations in October, um, Irish people going to Amsterdam, uh, Beckett Hell, uh, people going on holidays to Spain, <laughs> Wiccan, uh, people lighting incense, Ten drinking seconds. hard seltzer, uh, cider, ring lights, people doing makeup on YouTube, um, people wearing glasses, people not wearing glasses, iPhones, uh, makeup Go. brushes. Oh, well, you got a second win there. You really, but you got 19. A monk bet you'd be one. Ah, you're messing. One bandwagon, and you would have been there. Oh, I'm raging. Will you sleep tonight? I hope no. you will. <laughs> and that's like I just I gave up on like I we've I don't know how many episodes, nearly a hundred. I gave up after about three of them and just started saying <laughs> things like glasses, I could see in the room. Not wearing glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, just things I can see. <laughs> Breed, it's been I think we've only scraped the surface I, you know I was thinking this a few times today I think this is going to be one where we say at the end Breed, we'd love to have, on, have you on again yeah oh uh, yeah can I come back to Meadowgate and get sick in that house again well I'm actually leaving here tomorrow oh, no. but you can get <laughs> sick in a different house it's fine <laughs> oh okay okay I'll take it <laughs> just leave her the key just <laughs> <laughs> put the key under the mat at Breed Boo on Instagram but more as, as importantly it's at Bandwagons Pod on the Instagram yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's Bandwagons Podcast everywhere. We're oh, podcast, literally, if you can't, me. yeah, you can find, it's everywhere. If you can't find us, please let me know and I'll get us on that platform. But we should be, we're fairly Absolutely. easy to find. And they're on Patreon as well, so you can support Breed. And Breed, thank you so much for being such an incredible guest and game show contestant this evening. Thank you. <laughs> I had great fun. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Sex <laughs> With Michael Dwyer and Mark Halpern. <laughs> no, this has been Paper Tuesdays. Thank you very much for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at Paper Tuesdays. You can email Michael at PaperTuesdays.com. Mark at PaperTuesdays.com. Robbie at... <laughs> no one emails now. I don't know why we're doing this. But do you know what? Tell one of your friends what you've listened to, what you've learned, how, how, you, how this podcast has changed your life. Wash your hands. <laughs>